decided I had to finish. But the media called me a menace. I just said what the man politician. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing to spin the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, keeping it moving here. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we're going to continue here uh, before we. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do that probably periodically up until um, we get closer to kickoff. But I'll, I'll pick one or two games out of the full schedule uh, of line speaking just to take an early, way too early look at lines just to give you an idea of what they're thinking. But let's go ahead and um, transition a little bit uh, back to baseball. Uh, and then we'll come back because um, I want to talk about this updated news coming on the uh, Phoenix Suns coaching search. I want to discuss that. But first, let's look at some of these early standings, uh, Mr. Clark, as we look at baseball, which we're, you know, again, we're still early in the baseball season. I mean, usually you got to get to, I mean, we're about to be June. So I would say by the time you get to the end of next month, we'll start to shape up really who's who. You know, because baseball season is so, you know, so long, uh, but at least we'll start to shape up to see kind of what these teams are, because most teams are about 48 to 50 games in at this point. Uh, but let's look at the American League. Let's start with the American League East. Um, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays. Remember, I was on the undefeated watch for the regular season, 162-0. and 0. Didn't make it there, of course. But they sit at 35-15, and 15, and this is just really an explosive offense for the most part. They got a 22-5 and 5 mark at home, uh, but they're leading. But what's crazy about this, I mean, if you look at the American League East, look at that division, man. It is a log jam like traffic on 1604 at 5 o'clock, okay, or I-10. But if you look at that, out of all that winning that they started off on, 13-0 or what was it, something like that, one of the first 12, 13 games, if you look at Baltimore Orioles, which I think personally is one of the little surprise teams early on, they're 31-17, and okay? And basically, Tampa Bay Rays are 35-15. and um, And then you look at the Yankees. Um, you know, they had Judge out of the lineup, in the lineup. Pitching's been at, eh. you know, they sit at 30 and 20. And then you've got Boston, who started off kind of slow. They're still under, they're a little bit above 500. They're 26 and 23. And you look at Toronto, 26 and 23. So it's a log jam. I mean, Tampa Bay, you know, credit to them. They started off the season hot to give themselves a little bit of cushion, but they have the Orioles right there breathing on their neck. Um, going to the Central, let's take a look at the American League Central. Um, Kind of the same a little bit. You have the Twins, a.k.a. the Twinkies. They're up 26-24 to 24 in the win and loss column. So they're two couple games above 500. Uh, you got the Tigers that are 21-25. and 25, And you got Cleveland Guardians. Still want to call them. The, but the Guardians, they're 21-28. and 28, Okay. And then the White Sox are 21-30. and 30, And then the Kansas City Royals just awful. Awful. 15 to 35. I mean, them and the Oakland Athletics are two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Uh, but really nothing really break down about the American League Central. Then you go to the West. 
And this is where we talk about the Texas Rangers and our kind of in our backyard. But they're 31 and 18. And again, I said it yesterday. And again, they're balling. Uh, Bruce Bochy's always been one of my favorite managers. Uh, but if you look at them, they're 31 and 18. Uh, the Astros are 21 and 28 and 21, the defending champs. Um, Angels, I've been meaning to say this about the Angels. Angels look like they might have finally. Don't want to jinx them, but they look like they didn't finally figured out something in this bullpen. Because remember, it hasn't really too much been about the offense of the Angels over the last five or six years. It's really been the lack of pitching and damn sure the lack of bullpen. But I've watched a few Angel games. It looks like they've been able to close some guys. I don't know. Tani's just hotter than fish grease. Um, expected. They're 27 and 23. And then you got the Mariners that are hovering right at 500 at 24 to 24. And then you got what I just told you, the athletics bringing up the rear at 10 and 40. So there you are for the American League. So before we look at the National League, let's talk anything you want to comment on and let's talk some individual stats and and numbers, but we might have some guys in the American League doing their thing. What do you got? Well, for the most part, uh, through these, the Central and the East and the AL, those are playing out as they normally do. Both of those divisions are usually pretty close with one team, uh, in respectively, that just hasn't really figured it out. But when you look at the A's, for example, the A's, they're sitting there at 10 and 40, but they're 5 and 20 at home and 5 and 20 on the road. But, but you would think that in, in your home stadium, and we know that their attendance hasn't been mm, there, mm, but mm. you would think that just even some level of comfortability, some kind of, you know, that that's your home stadium, and you're, you're just as bad at home as you are on the road. It's, it's sad, man. It's really sad to see just a franchise going through that. Well, first of all, it's, it's kind of a franchise that's bought, them on, the, bought it on themselves. Over the course of the last... A franchise, but not a fan base. So explain to me how you're going to differentiate, like, different between the two. When you say not the... But the what about the fan base? Well, it, it's sad to see it for the fan base. The franchise has brought it on itself. Because of the way that they, you know... The way that they're handling the, the stadium situation. And I get it. Like, again, we see this all the time to where teams want to leverage cities to pay as little for a new state-of-the-art stadium as possible. Um, and they, they want to use taxpayers' dollars to do it. We know that people are flooding into Texas from California as it is anyway. Jeez. Um, Don't remind me. You, you know, so the cost of living out there, and then you want to be taxed even more for the stadium. I get it. I get it. But it's so it's it's a sad state to see um, a team, when, when you know, you think of some of those older A's teams, even when I was coming up through Little League, and the, the A's were still up there, uh, and and now they're just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's horrible to see, and it's like—it's like watching a, t- a franchise slowly die because you know that it eventually they're going to be moving, eventually. Well, look. I get what you're saying because you're the sentimental factor of the show. Like, you know, especially when it comes to the fans. You're always fans first. Screw the owners and the players. It's fans first. Which is nothing wrong with that. And you ain't ain't alone. But I will still say, look, for one, you know, these are professionals. Okay. Even as bad as the athletics A's are, they're still professional ball players that have made it through single A, double A, triple A, through the grind to get to the show. So they've got a job to do, and we all know how low their payroll is. They don't spend a lot of money, but you still got some guys on that team making a decent living playing the game of baseball. However, I do feel 
bad for the players having to go. Look, nobody wants to go to work in a bad work environment, whether it's you hate your boss, you hate to the person, the, the man or the woman that sits next to you at work, uh, or you just hate your job, whatever the case may be. Okay, somebody has perfume on every day that messes with your allergies, you know, whatever the case may be. Everybody, no one wants to go to work in a bad work environment. So with that said, where I do sympathize with some of these athletes that are making seven figures playing baseball, I get it. But I do feel the fact that when you show up at home every day and they are, you know, 81 games at home games. And you're playing in a dump, such as the college, as where the Oakland Athletics play, and there is no support and fan base there. It sucks. And on top of that, if you're not that talented or don't have a talented roster, you, it, it's hard. Like I mean, you're talking about through the grind days of summer, and especially when you're talking about when you get to 90 degrees, 95 degrees, and you're going out there playing. It's tough. Now they're being compensated about it, but when you talk about the sentimental part that you're talking about in regards to the fans and feeling bad for them and saying that, you know, you know, you're watching a franchise that's dying in front of you. That's going to move. Look, man, that's the reason why it kind of brings full circle with me the way I feel like the college scene. When I feel like not everybody, you know, not everybody has to have a division one football college program. Not every kid, whether it's your dream or not is a privilege. You've got to play division one. It's not for everybody. Meaning, not everybody roots for a team that resides and lives in a sports town, okay? And when I say a sports town, I'm talking about my number one criteria, because you hear me talk about this a lot over the years about sports town. This isn't a real sports town. That's a sports town. My def, One of my main criteria of a sports town is do you is is that the thing to do in town to where hey no matter if the team is trash, if we're winning, if we're contenders, we go support it, we go show up at the games. Now, we are in a time where I don't care, even if you are talking some diehard sport town of fans, we to the point where there is more things to do. There are options on our device. There's things always going on. There's this and that to where if you don't have a good product, whether you're in a diehard sports town or not, you will see the effects of with some attendance, but not to the bare minimum where I can turn into an A's game at 10 o'clock at night, Central Standard Time. And I, by that time, by the time 11 o'clock comes, I can hear the guys conversation behind home plate. Hey, man, shut up. Oh, and then you just went like, damn, there's no one there. So my point is, I can't feel too sorry for a fan base that, look, you're not really. I know they might not have given you a reason to go support a team, but this is why I try to give warning to even my own backyard over the years. Like, hey, it's time to go in and support them now, because if you don't, this is what ownership groups and this is what people look. And this is why they start looking at land in the desert and they start looking because it's like, damn, dude, we've got to make some money somehow. Some, I mean, we're not even having an opportunity to sell merchandise or hot dogs because they ain't nobody coming to the game. It is a yin and a yang because it's up to the ownership and the gym to put a good product in the field but i can't feel too sorry when teams get jacked from cities when it comes to obvious like this for years and we're just talking about because attendance is down for one year we're talking about like this has been the scene at the coliseum for a while so how can i be that sorry feel sympathetic for the fans if they lose their team and they're not supporting them right now through thick times tough times anyway okay i'm gonna need a little clarification here calvin okay because you and i go back and forth about the NFL viewing experience and screw the ticket holders that the, the league 
and the advertisers only care more about the TV product. They don't care about little Jimmy um, that wants to go see a game on Thursday night, and, and it doesn't matter if it's going to get flexed or not because it's about the TV product. So then how can you have that stance about football and then flip it around here to the A situation, and it's, well, look, they're not having an opportunity to sell hot dogs and, and jerseys and, and, and ice cream sundaes and, 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 and put butts in the seats because it shouldn't matter that much then. If we're, if we're, in this, if we're really in this new age of it, then it really should be just about the product of the baseball team itself, which would draw the viewers and the eyes and everything that you're saying is just necessary for the fans sitting at home rather than those trying to go watch a baseball game. I need some clarification. Well, well, yeah, I'm going to give you clarification. Um, You're pretty much looking at and trying to judge. And when you talk, and I'm I'm only speaking of this, not the actual sport, but more about the fan experience and the – what you're looking at compared to what you're looking and experience on the NFL game compared to what you're saying about my take about the NFL and the baseball. You're basically trying to sit there and compare Holly Berry to Precious. Okay. Now, I don't know if you know who Precious is, but there's some people out there that Precious. I don't. Him. Okay. And some people, and, and I bet you tell you the truth, I defended some people by just saying that. They're looking like you, you're just shaming, Calvin, just because what? She's looking big shaming. I get it. You just, you're going to get labeled something. Okay. Jonas. You can look Yankees versus Boston. You can take Yankees versus Boston. You can take, I don't know, uh, any other. You could, hell, you can take New York Mets versus New York. You're not getting eight. You're talking about games, Jonas Nanfield, that are drawing 18 to 20 million, 25 million people to watch. And I will tell you this baseball. They're trying to do everything to make the game a viewing experience at home. They're trying to speed up the game. They've had clocks. They've had pitch clocks. I've seen balks call more this year. I still don't tell. I can't still tell you what a balk is in baseball because it's so inconsistent. But you, you, you're talking about a pitch clock. You're talking about we're going to start runners on second in the extra inning so we can spin because no one wants to sit through an 18 inning a game to a worth two baseball games. They're trying to do everything to make it a viewing experience at home. Hey, you know, baseball is not. People tell me, you, you you know, you can go view a baseball in person instead of watching at home. And then also people just say, hey, that game's boring. I can't sit through a baseball game. That's not a good comparison, Jonas. There, there's, no, there's no viewing experience watching baseball at home. You, you should be. Because first of all, let me tell you this. I guarantee you, if you go look at Oakland Athletic ticket prices, you could probably get an Oakland A's ticket right now for maybe about $15 to $20. And you can get that ticket, and you can work your ass all the way down to third base in the front row behind the dugout, and you don't even have to wait till the seventh inning stretch to do that. It ain't like these tickets are expensive to get. There's no, you, there's no viewing experience for baseball at home compared to the NFL. Come on, man. You, they, I got the strike zone, and I can tell you on three fingers how many times I stopped on the strike zone. I'm like, I got the lead pad. What the hell is the strike zone? I can't even tell what day they got it on. It's only certain days out of the week you can log on and look at the strike zone. Red zone's on every Sunday. But 12 out your guys there. We got 12 actions of football. We're in the witching hour where wins become losses. You ain't got nobody looking at baseball like that. Nice try, though. But no. So my point is, to your point about you feel sorry for the fan base because you're like, God, oh, man, they just, as a matter of fact, it just came out again today, which I'm going to stop talking about until I see shovels. But then they have an update. Oh, they finally zeroed in on land. Oh, now we're coming to agreement. You don't know what's coming out of Nevada. 
It ain't just the boxing judge that's crooked. It, when it comes to the A's trying to get this new land, everything out there is crooked. So until they actually have hard hats on and shovel dirt, I don't know if it's happening or not. But my point is, you're trying to be sympathetic because you look, oh, this is a family. They're leaving. They're going to Vegas. They're gonna, they, they don't care. They, the people of Oakland don't really care anymore. They've given up on this team. Because well, by this point, to buy tickets in Oakland, you know that that money is just going to the owner, and it's just going to help move the team to Vegas because there's no chance in any, at, at this point. I'm not saying about the last couple years, but by this point, you know that's the only thing your dollar is going and to. And let me tell you something. If you take that mentality, and there's a bunch of other Jonas Clarks out there, Lord help us. You but if they, with your if they if they're still out there and they live the mentality you do, I'm going to pick the same city. I'm going to pick the same dump as a stadium and the black hole Raider nation, Oakland Raiders knew damn well their team was going to Vegas for a year to advance. And they asked still the black holes was still sold out and they knew that they were leaving. So all those dollars that they knew that they were spending to Mark Davis and the Raiders, they knew that that stuff was going out to a lot to uh, what do they call that black hole, darker death out there in the de- desert. Uh, what was a legion stadium? They knew all of it was going out there, but you know what? That's the NFL. They still showed up. They didn't care. That's my point to that. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, and spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Look, Texas summers can get hot. 
felt it really felt like a hundred down here yesterday and still like only 90 92 it's always like that the first heat wave but you know texas can get hot but now they're blazing with the new zing zang blazing bloody mary mix the latest addition to the zing zang lineup brings the same great hold and delicious taste that you already know only much hotter shake things up with zing zangs blazing bloody mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste whether you're a favorite vodka or with a pre-mix ready to drink can that is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget to Zing Zang Responsible. Make sure you do that. Okay. So, before we get into some, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on this whole developments of the Phoenix Suns job opening and take a dive. But before we do that, let's get into the National League. And I want Jones to tell me some individual stats that's floating there early on in the season. Like I said, still early, still early, just getting the uh, whistle here wet for the uh, MLB um, months coming up over the next month or so until we get ready for camp. But if you look at the National League East, let's go ahead and start there. You have the Atlanta Braves, who's been very consistent over here the last few years. They're out 29 and 19. That gives them about a four to five game, but well, about a five to six game cushion over the New York Mets, which are 25, 24. And I just think, you know, they're four and a half game back. The, the Mets have really they've, they've started off a little bit slower than what most people anticipated uh, with them. Um, so that that that's kind of a little their record at barely being a game over 500 is kind of a little bit surprising. The Marlins sit a game below 500 at 24 to 25, and Phillies, who you know are defending, just came off a World Series. You know Bryce Harper started the season on the DL. He just came back a couple weeks ago, already been ejected and ran out of one game. They're 23 and 26. Uh, they're sitting at. Um, you know, pretty much fourth in the division. And then you have the Nationals, which are 20 and 28, which are nine games back, and Phillies six and a half games back of the Braves. In the Central Division, um, you have Milwaukee Brewers, 27 and 22. I haven't really got a chance to watch Milwaukee a lot this season. On I think Pirates, 25, 24, they're kind of surprising. You know, over the years, Pirates are usually kind of looking at what the A's record looks like or the, uh, you know, the Kansas City Royals, but they're right there at five. A little game above 500. Then you have the Cubs, which I still classify when you talk about pretty much all the residue gone from the World Series run a few years back. I still look at them as in a rebuild from from pretty much the Baez, uh, you know, that whole crew. They're still kind of going into a uh, rebuild. And then you have the Cardinals, which I've brought up a few times over the course of the last few days. They got off to one of their worst starts in franchise history. Uh, they're five and a half game backs, but they've been playing better. They, you know, And it's amazing because as good as they've been playing, they've won some series here over the last week or two. They still sit at 2020, excuse me, 22 and 28. And then you have the Reds is bringing up the doormat seller. They're at 20 and 28. Uh, then we rounded out with the West side. And the Los Angeles Dodgers are 31 and 19. And this is really not really getting too much, in my opinion, from Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw is like a shell of himself, man. I mean, I really think, you know, I've watched a couple games. Maybe I've just caught the games he's been off. But definitely, you know, he's never really been a flame, flame thrower. 
but he's lost some velocity off of his fastball. But they sit atop the West at 31-19. and 19. The Diamondbacks, who have a great offense early on, they're 29-21. and 21. Uh, They sit in second. They're only two games back of the Dodgers. And then you have the Giants uh, are 24 and 25. They sit in the middle of the division. And then you have the Padres, which I think with being eight games back and four games under 500 at 22 and 26, kind of a disappointment. Uh, You know, you have Tatis that basically came back off of his uh, performance-hansing drug suspension. Uh, You still got Manny Machado over there, but they're, you know, second to last and then you have Colorado Rockies 21 to 28 in last place as usual in the west and again if I'm not mistaken Bud Black is still over there with the Colorado Rockies and it's amazing that he's been able to survive as long as he has you can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure Bud Black is still the manager of the Rockies but there is your division early on standings and do you have any type of individual accomplishments early on stats that that kind of cross your eye that you want to throw out there for consumption well there are some players to note and we'll get to those you know your, your favorite leaders you know, strike gals home runs and stuff but right now uh, estuary ruiz of the a's is leading baseball with 25 stolen bases okay and i bring that up because last year's season leader and we're, we're at 50 games we're just over uh, 25% of the way through the season right now, okay? Last year's leader for stolen bases had 41, so he's more than halfway there. And this comes back to, I think, the pitch clock impact and the size of the bases, and we saw early on that bases were being stolen more frequently, and I think that where you look at this in a comparison model of last this year to last year, we're going to see some some new numbers there, and it's going to be nice. And you're talking uh, about the stolen stole. bases. Okay, yeah. who, who's the leading right now? Where, where are we at right uh, now? Estuary Ruiz uh-huh. of the A's is at 25. Acuna Jr. is behind him at 20. Last year's number one, uh, st- you know, the stolen base leader, had 41 stolen bases. Second had 35. So he's only 10 behind number two from last year. Okay. And 16 behind number one. At the quarter mark through the season. Well, first of all, you one of the things you said in that take that stood out to me. You're you're are you you sure you want to credit this all to the size of the the the, the bases? I know we've had this conversation. It's the combination of the pitch clock and the yeah, bases. I, I would have to say, look, you know me. I've always got to delegate percentages. I would say it's seventy. I would say it's eighty percent pitch clock, twenty percent base size. I go 60-40, but I think pitchers get speed up more of their routine and having to worry about holding this guy at first or doing whatever, and you got a clock that's sitting right there to the side. I think that makes the pitchers to get a little bit more antsy. But yes, without a doubt, they both have contributed to this. Um, but I mean, but to me, I would like to say, like, okay, well, what about like when we talk about like who's leading in walks? Who's had the most walks? Because, it, again, it goes to what we talk. Some of these pitchers that are used to getting the grip of they want to do a change-up, a splitter, or whatever, you're, you're fumbling within your glove, but you got to hurry up because, bottom line, that clock is ticking. 
and the clock is ticking. And then that's the reason why I think for years I've been saying that I just said in the last hour, I don't know what a balk is. And I think even now you're getting more balks that's called different ways because you got this clock situation and you got penalties. So it is it, it is what it is. Um, OK, stolen base. What is something else that's standing out to you individually wise? First thing. Well, going on uh, again, some favorite categories here, uh, but but and you you will see, and you look at the Texas Rangers' success, and they have a number of leaders in in these major categories. Uh, they got two um, Marcus Semyon, sixty hits right now. Bobichet leads all of baseball with sixty eight. Um, but then in RBIs, Adolis Garcia and Semyon there both representing for the Rangers uh, at forty plus RBIs. At the quarter, just over quarter mark through the season, um, Shohei Otani. We know that what he's doing. He, he's third in baseball right now in K eighty strikeouts. Mm. Eighty strikeouts. He's not quite up there with the home run total uh, in terms of the the top five leaders right mm. now. But what the fact is, it's not so much of the fact that he does one maybe great or one mm. or you know, and more so than the other. It's that he's just equally great. Um, I think that's just one of the more impressive things uh, to note there. Uh, home runs through through uh, 50 games. Pete Alonso, 18 home runs. Aaron Judge sitting back there, 14. Again, Adolis Garcia, 14 there as well. More Rangers representation. ERA right now, best ERA in baseball, 1.82. Sonny Gray in Minnesota. Mm, I and Sonny Gray's that. had a couple rough years. Oh, and yeah. He's right well, back he, there yeah, at the top he used right to now. be hotter than fish grease. It's crazy to see him bounce back. Um I will tell you that I feel that, you know, when you look at the trends here and when you talk about Otani and his numbers and I'm here I'm telling you, right, I'm looking at about 600 million straight up minimum. I think he's going to be the first 600 million dollar player because for one, he's been Americanized. And it hasn't changed him. It's New Balance commercials now. New Balance. Oh, Tony, man. It, 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 like, again, um, New Balance. Um, it's just, it, you know, I'm always impressed with things that we don't normally see. Like, that's the reason why with this whole MVP situation last year with Judge, I'm like, look, man, I've seen 60-some bombs before. I've seen 70, okay? I've seen a couple guys hitting 60 same year. I've only read about Babe Ruth and seen black and white footage. Okay, and first of all, you got to understand, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, I really like Otani a lot, if you can't tell. This is my thing. I'm not going to sit there and say LeBron James or Wimby Yamba hype, but it was, if you were a seam head and you were in baseball, it's in the neighborhood, it's in the zip code, because you got to remember the bidding for this guy blindly. To get over here to the States. What the Angels, Artie Moreno, whatever his name is, that had to bid to get the rights to bring him for his Japan ball club. So my point in bringing that up is the pressure. He's been able to handle it. Now, I still say that it's going to come to a time where the Angels or whoever makes this bid or wherever he plays it's going to come a time where which one's going to take more importance? Is it Otani's arm 
or it's the back. Because I do believe there's going to come a time, I don't know if he continued can do both at this type of level. But you're talking about a Cy Young pitcher type of capabilities. And you're talking about a guy that can hit 40 home runs and bat over 300 and maybe have, I don't know, take your pick at RBIs. It's special. I think $600 million. I would love to be his agent. Like, don't call me if the number ain't six. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, I'll take my client back to Japan. He'll play over there. I'll be threatening all that. That would be a, a layup. Real quick before we go, we've got some social media. I see Jazz checked in. We're about an hour late on Jazz question, but I see Jazz tweeted at Sports Grind and Jonas and said, wanted to get the thoughts on the Errol, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fight. Please elaborate. You're the, you cover the boxing now. I know I've seen social media. I know Casey Raw's been asking for this fight for a while. This is one of those fights that will get me to click purchase buy, even though you know that it doesn't partake in one of the faces of boxing and tank. What's your thoughts? Ask Jazz her question. Answer Jazz her question. What's your thoughts on this fight, Jonas? Or them finally get when is this? They're supposed to happen in Vegas, right? I think Vegas and during the summer. But again, like this is one of those when it fell apart last last fall. Uh-huh. Um, was supposed to maybe formulate earlier this year, uh, because they were looking at a November nineteenth date uh, last year. So it's one of those ones where uh, I'll believe it once we get something officially official, and even then, it's going to be probably about a half excitement because the NFL might flex this one on me and move it further down on the on the line, um, just because for whatever reason it could collapse again. So. Until there's something, uh, I mean, it, it's exciting for fight fans. I mean, you got the no- Crawford's the number one fighter uh, pound for pound in the world right now. Hmm. Um, so, it, it, it there's it, that something is, is moving in that direction. It's exciting, but again, I, as I've kind of learned recently, um, especially, is it's hard to get really excited for these fights because for whatever reason, it could just get put, you know, there could be some disagreement two weeks later, somebody says something on Instagram, and all of a sudden, all, all conversations have, have ceased again. Hmm. So let's, let's get uh, official dates and, you know, some more publicity behind it, but they have announced, so yeah. Okay, okay. Well, um... I'm excited for it. I mean, we got time to break that down. But, yeah, I did see that was in Vegas, and I think it is happening in July. I want to say, like, around July 26th or 20th or something like that. I don't know. It could be off. Uh, but there, there you go, Jazz. Uh, and also, real quick, before we get out of here, um, we had some developments. Well, not developments, but there are some reports out there that we know officially who the Phoenix Suns have contacted or who they're or, or on their interviewing radar, there were some names released that supposedly coming down to the finalists. And what are some of those names for the Phoenix Judge, Phoenix Suns uh, vacancy? Yeah, through Shams uh, today, and um, you've got uh, he's reported that the Phoenix Suns have narrowed their coach down to five finalists: uh, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Doc Rivers, uh, Jordy Fernandez, who's an assistant with the Kings, and assistant coach Kevin Young, who's already with the Suns. Um, so those are their their five candidates. Uh, no, Becky Hammond is not one of them. Well, she made it let it alone. I'm not going to stop talking to these girls. Go talk to these boys. Well, you got a two game suspension, Becky. Red bottom Becky got to sit down, which I kind of disagree with that. But I, I get no time to get into it right now. But um, look, out of all the names you said, first of all, Nick Nurse, in my opinion, is the number one candidate for all jobs. He for should be the he yes. should be the number one candidate for the Bucks. Uh, the uh, the Suns, Sixers, Sixers. That's uh, just obviously reality. not the Raptors. Yeah. yeah, so that's not. I have a problem with that. Um, Doc Rivers, I've got a problem with that. 
and you can call it black on black crime or whatever you want to call it. Doc has had opportunities, man. Give some other guys some opportunities. Go, You did TV before. Go back. You want to stay around the NBA game. Go do some TV. At least take a year or two off. I, you, you, you know what you're getting kind of with Doc. That's just what it is, okay? I think this is the son's owner doing his due diligence, but come on, man. Doc's got to take a year off. That's the one that I've kind of got a little bit of problem with in general. Uh, one of the names I didn't hear in there, I haven't heard him really too, Sam Cassell. I haven't heard his name uh, surface in that. His, yeah, not in this, that search. I yeah. think his is floated around the Bucks search. Um, you've got Steve Nash's name is also one of the latest ones to come out for the Raptors job. Yeah, no. And no which they, they've, yeah, I mean that one said they've, they've, they've they, we already know they've interviewed JJ Redick, so it kind of sounds like they're going down this path of former player, and I don't really know where that suits them with that yeah, line. What's my name? My man's name Nigeria. What, what's his, the general manager's name? I think he is um, a man from Africa. Yeah, uh, Nigeria. Nigeria, African. Yeah, I can see that. Um. He does things a little bit different. I, I respect him because he he has done a hell of a job with Toronto, and he's developed a hell of a pipeline back home in Africa, the motherland. Um, I mean, Siakam, these guys that are coming that they, he's developing, trust me, there's more over there. So he's done a hell of a thing. So I think because remember the New York Knicks, what the way I, that sounded like there's more over there. There's more. What do you mean there's more over there? Africa, the yeah. motherland. Jonas got kind of felt like Dave Chappelle at that time, you know. When they had, are you laughing at me, or are you really laughing? Like I looked at the Jay, said, like you thought that was a little too funny, Jonas. What's up with that? Anyway, um, yeah, there's more of them over there. So remember, the Knicks wanted him too. So he's a guy that I've always felt that could be leaving the six. You know, maybe Drake, maybe Drake, basically, you know, takes care of him. Like, hey, stay here. But there's, I've heard the number was up to like 17 candidates that they've talked to. In Toronto, they're really doing a thorough search, and which is not a problem because sometimes you can just be so self-centered, like I want that guy, or I only want those two guys. And next thing you know, you miss some candidates that could maybe make the difference of getting you over the hump. And I will tell you, it is not going to be easy coaching Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for 82 games. Uh, it's an attractive job because you've got KD that's on the 18th tee, 17th green, maybe that's probably got maybe two years. Three tops at a high level, but I would say two max at a high level if he doesn't suffer any more injuries. And Devin Booker, and I think all indications, Chris Paul is going to be gone, um, in my opinion. I think that I think he's going to be gone, um, and you're really going to try to build around. And I think you really need to look at maybe taking Aiden out there as well and seeing what you get from him and really building around Devin Booker in the last couple of years of KD. But we'll see. We'll see. we still got to crown a champion this year. All right, man, that is a wrap for the day. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button and before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. 
Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 